What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer. And my guest today is Eleanor Mache. She is uh, the founder of The Construction Coach, the author of Constructing Your Career, and the host of the podcast, Constructing You. Eleanor, welcome to the show. Good morning, and it's great to be on the other side of the microphone. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. On a scale of uh, one to uh, absolutely terrible, how much did I butcher your last name? It was pretty much spot on. So well done. <laughs> 10 points. I feel like you're lying to me right now. <laughs> In my entire life, there have only been two people who off the cuff have got it right. And uh-huh. they were also from a Middle Eastern background. So, you know, anything that's not that is they get 10 points. So kudos to you. That used to be true for me of my last name until the show 24 came out. And Jack Bauer spell has the German spelling of his last name. And then people stopped calling me Timmy Bear. <laughs> so you're saying I need to get on a TV show? Yes, that would do it. Okay, right. Or, 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 some, or, or just uh, some famous actor needs to play another character with your last name. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll put that in my RIS and we'll make that happen. I love it. Um, Eleanor, so this podcast, I ask purpose-driven entrepreneurs how they hope to be remembered when they die, or just another way to think about it is what you're living for. Have you thought about your death in the context of what you do for a living? Absolutely. And I am someone who has a hypersensitivity when it comes to time. People are so lax with their time. They think that there's just an abundance of it. In one sense, yes, you know, we, you know, if someone is fortunate to have decades against their name, that's fantastic. But even within those decades, what are people doing with that time? The prime fleet is fleeting. You know, when you're 60 to 80, you won't be able to do what you can do between, you know, when you're 30 to 50. And especially if you want to start a business, want to become an entrepreneur, want to leave a legacy, when are you planning to start? Because time does run out. And I've never been one to be casual with my time. I hate hanging out. I hate being lax with my time. I want to do things that are in total alignment with my passion and my purpose. And society for a long time has, you know, it will mark you as someone who is antisocial or selfish with their time or so on and so forth. But it's not like that because when are you going to create that legacy that you want to be remembered by when you're 80? Too late. It takes so much time to get in front of people to really create that transformation and change, especially in the thought leadership industry when it's not so much a, a physical product that we are delivering. It yeah. is a non-tangible service. So I spend a lot of time and I'm really driven by what I would love people to remember me by at the end of time. And it is three simple words that I constructed an exceptional future for them. That wasn't three words. Three. Well, can you cut that part out? Because it's very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of my tagline, which is constructing exceptional futures, but I had to put it in a sentence. So can you (laughs) cut that part out? I love it. And I don't want to cut it out. No. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Um, So that's it. More than three words. (laughs) I genuinely genuinely love your response. If you don't mind me asking, Eleanor, how old are you? 30. 30. Okay. I'm 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel old to the degree, like I feel my age, 
to the degree that I kind of look around and go, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, like, I'm not doing the work that I wish I was doing. So like, I, I just know that I want to always be producing kids books. That's been my passion ever since I was a kid. And uh, ever, especially when, when I was 17 years old, I made this book, Billy the Dragon for my little brother who was four. And just the way that that caused our like relationship interaction dynamic to change was so transformational for me that I just like, I, I guess I've never let it go. I feel like I'm, I'm still the big brother that was 17 years old that is connecting with the four-year-old little brother. And um, when I get away from that, I start to feel my age. I go, oh, I'm 31. I'm gonna be 32 this year. Uh, <laughs> but as long as I'm living close to that, I'm that 17 year old, or what, who cares what the age is? I'm the older brother connecting with the little brother through these kids books. I, I, I just don't care what, what my age is. And um, I feel like most of my friends are just getting older and, and talking about doing the same things that they've been talking about doing for the last 10 years. A hundred percent. And, you know, I've over the journey of putting myself on the thought leadership path, which is a different model of entrepreneurship. I don't recognize myself from the last two years. I just about recognize myself from this time last year when I was doing events and I was just finishing my book. So I recognize parts of that, but you're not meant to look back and be able to recognize yourself because if you can, you haven't grown, you haven't moved two years in the scheme of things. That is a long time. So people, you know, in the moment, everything might be fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But if you actually look back and if you look at people's patterns and where they are now compared to where they were two, three, five, ten 10 years ago, on the whole, nothing has really changed. They're probably dissatisfied with their job, dissatisfied with their relationships, still living in their comfort zone. They haven't actually invested in themselves through any measure. Their financial state is in an absolute sh you know, shambles. People haven't moved and they're waiting. You know, Most people are waiting for this magical time of the right time, the perfect time. It's, it's a magical land that doesn't exist. Yeah, it was yesterday and now it's today. <laughs> yes and it's not today either because something has come up an external factor which is influencing people's decision making so it's also not going to be today and certainly not tomorrow because they need to recover from today and the story goes on and on yeah yeah no I meant like the right time like the right time to do something was yesterday and now the, oh that too yes yeah, yes and now the next best right time to do it is today <laughs> absolutely and again people still won't do that they just yeah. keep on waiting. And that's right. You know, I'm so hyper-conscious. It's like when I want to do something that is in alignment with my business or whatnot, I always think, you know, can I just do this right now? I may not feel like it. And I certainly may not want to, especially when the grind is at you know, midnight, 1 a.m. But it's, can I just do it right now? Because I know that future self, future Eleanor will be grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, I wish I thought that way more often. I, I, I think I'm going to now that we're having this conversation, but just to think like, I may not feel like it, but uh, will future Timmy be glad that I just bit the bullet? I, but at the same time, I don't want to live my life. So this is an interesting thing that you said. You don't like just hanging out. You want everything that you're doing to be in alignment with this uh, purpose and legacy that you're building. But for me, when I think like, will future Timmy be glad that I just bit the bullet? Well, I don't want my life to just be a bunch of me biting the bullet for future Timmy. 
So how do you balance that? It is a, a fine balance. And it's not to say that, you know, hanging out or feeding other parts of my life is excluded. It's just not the majority. It's not that I seek out a weekend full of fun and leisure and then put to the side things that I know will actually move me forward and allow my vision to come into fruition. So it's vision first, and then it's doing what I need to, to make that happen. And then if from that time, you know, I will build in a small time that will feed into something else. So it's not always about you know, being in a grind or, you know, putting yourself through pain, but in order to have what other people won't have, that to some extent for a short period of time, short five to 10 years is required. So what's the vision for you? It is, well, the vision in itself is to actually make the vision come into fruition, but it is to be a globally recognized thought leader that has the ability to transform lives from the inside out in every single one of my interactions. And I want to be able to do that through assets that are an extension of my brand, whether that's podcasting, whether that's writing books, which I love not for children yet, but you've also put that into my zone of consciousness now. So we'll see. <laughs> why, why the niche why the niche of construction I started my career in architecture and I hated it because I am a creative but not in that conventional sense and I found that you know part of my personality does have that creation but I'm also quite structured and can really you know when I want to do something what I do is I break things down in my mind as in this is what I need to do it's quite method methodological so I found myself towards the construction industry and for the first five years of my career externally it seemed like I had success and that's where a lot of people were coming to me for advice on career success but I got to a point in my career after following a very conventional path where I felt completely unfulfilled I felt meek I was diminished and I just didn't even know what was happening anymore and I remember a stark day in my career where I thought this can't be it there is more and I realized I wasn't living in alignment with my purpose with my passion with all of who I am I let all of that go down to the wayside and it was that transformation which really made me look at the gaping holes in my development solve that problem for myself first which is a requisite to being an industry leader and then actually creating the vehicle which will allow me to bring this disruption and transformation into an industry that is so conservative that is so stifled that has been breathing the same air for absolute decades and I absolutely found that micro niche and a micro niche as to how can I serve the industry because when you look at an industry, what is an industry? It's a system. What is a system made up of? It's the sum of its parts. What are the parts? It's the people. So if people want to change the structural aspects of the industry, it has to start from the inside out. And that's focusing on the people. Yeah. I have a completely out of left field question I want to ask you. Because uh, you said you when you got into the thought leadership uh, field or industry, I can't remember exactly what you said. Um it's very, it's not very often that I talk to somebody that uses the term thought leadership so intentionally. Um, and so I don't get to ask this question very often, but it's a real curiosity question for me. And that is when you think about the essentials of developing thought leadership, what's on that list of things? That's a great question. And it has become one of those terms which are thrown around and people who have no idea what it is will have such a high 
a level of expertise and they know everything that it is about it but it is a very complex type of entrepreneurship because there are over 50 elements that you need to bring together in order to create that authority positioning but a thought leader by definition is someone who is known for what they know because what they know makes a difference so in order to create that thought leadership positioning and being the go-to person, the authority in your marketplace. You couldn't, you bypass the time required to be known for what you know. First of all, you have to be very clear on your UVP, on the problem that you are solving. Because in the thought leadership world, we get recognized for our distinctive thinking. We get remunerated, recognized, we progress based on the quality of our thinking. So what is it, how are we actually serving other people? What is it that we're doing that will allow us to add value to other people? But also who are we doing it for? And this isn't from the perspective of a 30-year-old who has this job title. No, that's very superficial. People are more complex than just their demographics. So we really find out who we are serving in terms of their hearts and their minds. After that, we go into the characterization part. In order to become a thought leader, you really need to have a magnetic and congruent personal brand because people will first of all connect to me, not anything else. And I look at all my clients, some of them didn't even know that I had the business construction coach. They came to me because of me. So having a personal brand allows you to communicate all of who you are. But to do that, you have to go to the process of realizing all of who you are and then being able to bring that element out into light, elements out into the world. You know, then we go into communicating. If you don't mind me just interrupting you for just a second, because it sparked this thought when you, when I, when I think about uh, like your personal brand needs to be so magnetic. Um, That's another question where it's like, what are the essential, what, like, what, what, in order to have a magnetic personal brand, what do you need or what's essential? And this is an interesting thing, because I think if it's not going to be a kid's book, there needs to be something that you have developed from both a thought leadership and personal brand perspective that is reaching the hearts of your customers' kids, or at least cause it's at least penetrating into that domain of like your, your customer and their kids um yeah anyways great question even you know a book can be on brand even if it's a kid's book it can certainly be on brand it could be an extension of the brand but the the essence of the personal brand is the person the personal brand literally has the word person in it and when people build that personal brand what they tend to do is base it on externalities and that's what I did at first when I started the construction coach I thought I need a brand that the industry will love and I have to make it suit the industry. I had it all wrong. I look back at some of the branding and assets that I had at the time, like get it away from me because it had nothing to do with me. So the essence of a brand is your person, but people don't know who they are because they don't take any time sitting with their person, understanding what their passion is. You know, you found that you want to do kids books. That's incredible. It could, whatever it is, it just has to be in alignment with your person, but people don't actually spend that time in conscious thought, realizing what that actually is for them. Yeah. Oh man. That's such a good point. Um, I'm curious what, what kind of um, opposition you've gotten as you've been building uh, this company and this brand. Um, and honestly, one question I have is just like, is this the path that your parents wanted you to take or was there any, ever any opposition there? 
<laughs> good question. My parents are traditional, conventional Jewish parents, and I should have been a doctor or a lawyer. And my what a surprise, right? But yeah. my parents are, are very, like, I'm very fortunate. I have won the parent lottery that they've always let me do what is whatever it is that I wanted to do. They have never forced anything. And it's not their fault that they think like that because it's their worldview, but it's not mine. And they've never tried to impress that on me. They know that I can make really good decisions for myself, no matter how, you know, at the time it's certainly met with friction because they live out of a modality of, you know, fear in the unknown and I run into it and I don't live in fear. So that's what my parents wanted. And today, even today, they still don't quite know what it is that I do. And, and I absolutely, I absolutely love that. They just see that I spend a lot of time on Zoom mentoring and in front of the computer producing. But along this journey, especially when you're introducing something new and novel to an industry that is highly conservative, that latches onto the notion that technical skills will save your life and they won't and in an industry when especially in Australia putting yourself out there is you know considered to be the tall poppy syndrome that you're you're arrogant I've had a lot of vitriol very very quickly it's been in passive aggressive comments it's been in you know people just demanding things from you and when you don't give them all what they want then you know they will just block you or put hate comments it comes in you know the first time that I'm put on LinkedIn that my podcast hit 5,000 downloads within that same hour I had a handful of one-star reviews which is fine if it was a one-star if it was a you know someone actually had the consideration and said this is crappy then no problem I'm not out here saying give me five-star reviews but it came immediately on the back of the podcast doing well you get all sorts of comments from people who are entitled, people who cannot stand the brand, people who think that I'm arrogant because I don't fall into people's sense of entitlement. The list goes on and on. The one thing that I'm grateful for is my mentor set me up for all of this. I expect the vitriol. And if you look at people who have been disruptors in the past, it hasn't been a walk in the park. And that's exactly how it needs to be. And I'm very glad that I have that level of haters early on because I'm doing something very right. Yeah, I love it. Eleanor, this has been a super awesome conversation and I appreciate you taking the time with me. What would you like listeners to do? Whatever their dream, their aspiration is to actually take action on their passion and their purpose because time is not going to wait for anyone and people really need to realize that opportunity, the door closes. Opportunity is actually a very narrow window but your excuses, they can be around with you until death do you part. So if your audience would love to connect with me further, then I'm available on Instagram at Eleanor Mosher underscore LinkedIn, Eleanor Mosher. And my website is eleanormosher.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Jimmy.